Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church, Chicago. I hope and pray that in the following message, you will find hope and peace in what God has done for you in Jesus Christ. If you'd like to support his amazing mission going on right now in Chicago through St. James, please go to our website, stjames-lutheran.org to find out more. Peace. What I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Do you know what time it is? Do you like our picture on the front cover of the bulletin? What great actor is that? Christopher Walken, who's brilliant. And what movie is that from? Anybody know? Pulp Fiction, all right, good. Favorite movie of mine, but kids don't watch this at home, so it's a little, uh, little violent. But uh, anyhow, uh, yeah, what time, do you know what time is he's showing the watch? Of course, he's actually showing, I think that's his dad's watch, it's, that's his dad or something like that. It's nothing to do with time. That's the point, though. Everybody's always looking at your watch. More important than ever to know what time it is. We know what time it is all the time. If you're successful, you're very aware of the time. How much time do you have left to get a project done, to get a, a study period complete for your test or an essay or whatever it is, right? And if you're successful, you are aware of the time. You are marking it down. You're using your time valuably. And we've got every possible routes of knowing the time. Watches, phones, it's everywhere. Almost oppressively, we have to know the time. And if you have birthdays, you know the time. You're getting older. Knowing the time is important. Jesus wants us to know the time as well. What time is it? And he tells us here in Mark chapter 13, because if it's important for your day-to-day life to be aware of the time, how much more so when it comes to your life in Christ and where we fit in on his calendar? And what more, what uh, calendar or clock is more important than God's who is the keeper of creator of reality? So what time is it? According to Jesus, in chapter 13 of Mark, he tells us exactly what time it is. It is the end times. I get this question a lot, especially this last year, right? The pandemic and the political craziness and the riots and all this stuff, and even right now, you know, the confusion, this world just seems crazy, and people are always asking me, is it the end of time? Are these the last days? What's the answer? Yes, they are. According to Jesus, on his watch, these are the last days. This is the end. These are the end times. That is a clear answer, and it's not because of what we see or things are bad right now, by the way. It's because Jesus says so. These are the end times. For sure, but they have been for a while. Not just a couple 50 years, not just 100 years, but we've been living in the end times since Christ came. Since he died and rose and a new age began. 
of the forgiveness of sins, of the resurrection. When Christ came, a new day begun, and the old days have begun to leave. A new day has dawned, and the night is passing. Very important. And you can see these things. Jesus talks about all these signs, wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes and famine. And we say, yeah, well, they could have said that 2,000 years ago. There's been going on. Earthquakes, wars, rumors of wars. What's new to that? That's signs of the end times. Been happening for a long time. So I'm, I can't say we're in a unique situation right now. Jesus in chapter 13 of Mark talks about um, the temple crumbling, which Pastor Keating talked about last Sunday, a great sermon about uh, Notre Dame instead of Notre Dame. Uh, so thank you. So thank you. <laughs> that offended a lot of Notre Dame fans, I'm sure. But, uh, uh, you know, but uh, this, the world's been ending. Uh, Jesus talks about uh, you know, uh, the church being persecuted. That's been going on. Nothing new. So all the signs that Jesus gives that these are the end times have been going on. But then he says this. In those days, after that tribulation, the sun will be dark and the moon will not give its light. The stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in heaven will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And he will send out the angels and gather his elect from, our, from the four winds from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. So these are the end times, but there's a day coming. A last day, which you see a lot in the Old Testament as well, this idea of the day of the Lord, the last day, not days, you'll see that too, and that's these times, but the last day, the end, and Jesus talks about it. At some point, the end of the world, but also as he talks about it, a new beginning. Jesus will come again in glory, not like he came the first time. Because when he comes again in glory, everybody will see him. But when he came the first time, did anybody see him? But instead as a baby, approachable, right? Who's scared of a, I mean, I guess we are scared of babies in a lot of ways. But they're vulnerable. They're weak. That's the gospel. That's the church. Like, no one should be scared of the church. Because we are the Jesus alive in this world in grace and mercy and forgiveness Christ has come that way. Praise God he came like that because otherwise none of us could approach. And that's how he still moves in the world through his church, gently loving, forgiving, and giving hope and pointing to a better day. And that's what's going on now. But Jesus says a day is coming when the Son of Man will come, not gentle but in glory, and everyone will see it. And all knees, every human being ever, will bow down to Jesus. Now, when does that day happen? And I want you to be excited about that day. As we live in grace, as he brought us into his reality, that day you're going to see your loved ones. That day you are going to eat with resurrected teeth, 
food and you're going to be festive and hang out and party with those that have gone before and you won't have dumb ideas that make you do dumber things. You won't have ridiculous intentions or that little devil, or maybe it's just me, (laughs) always speaking and you end up getting in trouble with your words or deeds. You will be pure on that day. You won't have those struggles anymore, let alone death itself will be gone when Christ comes again in glory. And as you get older, you want to see this day more than ever as your eyes are open to see how ugly the world really is. So when is that coming? Jesus says this. What do we do? He says, but concerning that day, so we're living in the end times, but the day has not happened yet, because here we are. According to that day, he says, or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father, be on guard, keep awake. Constant phrase, Jesus says. For it is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge each with his work and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake, therefore stay awake, because you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening or the midnight or the rooster crows or in the morning, but he comes suddenly and find, but lest he comes suddenly and find you asleep. What I say to you, I say to all, Jesus says, stay awake. What does that mean? Jesus says this many times to, to you, Stay awake, guys. What does that mean? I think we think a couple things. Stay awake, I think we think can mean, or keep watch, Jesus says that as well, meaning you might miss him. That you need to watch what's going on in the newspaper or, you know, online. I'm always saying newspapers. Who reads newspapers anymore? If only we did, by the way, we would not be in half the mess we are in right now if people actually read more than a headline. Anyhow, people think that keep awake, stay awake, stay watch, keeping watch means figuring out when Jesus is coming back. You know what I mean? Like, maybe Putin is this, and then, you know, maybe Saddam Hussein was that. You know, every time there's a, a terrible leader or something like that, or maybe Trump is this, or maybe Biden is this, or Obama, like, you're always hearing, like, they're a sign of this, or maybe they're that. And you got literally as if there's people playing sort of end-of-times bingo at home and trying to fill all the parts and figure out exactly when Jesus is coming back. You know what I'm saying? Because he says, keep awake, stay, you know, keep watching, figure it out. Like you might miss him. That's not what Jesus means at all. What does Jesus say? He says, when the Son of Man comes in glory, everybody's going to see him. So you don't need to worry about it. You're not going to miss it. And he also says, really clearly, nobody knows the day or hour. Not even the Son of Man who's going to be descending. And therefore, your job is not to figure out when Jesus is coming or whether or not we're getting closer or not to the end of time. It's ridiculous too, actually, because you're actually told you're not supposed to. And by the way, if you're at a church and the pastor says Jesus is coming back August 3rd, 2033, that's a red flag that you're in a cult. And the second indicator is that he's asking you to all wear jumpsuits. And there might be others. But seriously, right? In fact, most cults start with Jesus is coming back at this time. Jehovah Witnesses did it in the 19th century, and many others, especially in the 19th century, did this. Literally said, the Seventh-day Adventists, that Jesus is coming back now. 
that's just not a good way, but it gets people excited, I think, because we love the end times, and we get obsessed with them and all those little signs, and we're getting way off track. That's not what keep watch means. So what does it mean? I think sometimes we think it means this, stay awake or keeping watch means you better be on your best behavior. Stay awake. Have you ever seen, I think there's shirts actually like, Jesus is coming, look busy, you know? Or he better not find you doing this, which is funny because it's not like he doesn't know what you're doing now, you know? I think people want to know when Jesus is coming back, because if I knew when he was coming, then I would start figuring, I'd start straightening my life out. But I think we think keep watch or straighten up your life kind of means be a better person. I better look good when he comes again in glory. And that doesn't even make sense. That's not the context that Jesus is using it in. It doesn't mean you shouldn't try to love others and be kind, etc. but it's not some kind of game that you need to have your life cleaned up before Jesus comes again in glory, because guess what? You're going to lose that game. I promise you when Christ comes, you are not going to be in a situation that you're going to be proud of. I don't care who you are. In some way or not, or maybe before he comes, but when you die, you're going to be in the midst of some sin. Chances are. (laughs) Some terrible thoughts going through your head, or who knows what you're going to be doing. But praise God, we live in forgiveness, and the one we are looking forward to is the one who is merciful on us. So keep watch does not mean straighten up your life or avoid sin. Those are good things, but you've been made ready in Jesus. You are ready for him to come because you've been washed in the waters of baptism. He has bought you and brought you into his kingdom. You are already in Jesus We don't need to fear that last day. Really important, guys. So what does keep watch mean? It means know what time it is. Set your clocks and your calendar to God's clock and calendar. Be aware. Keep watch. Keep awake. Don't forget this world's going to end. You know what I'm saying? Falling asleep sort of forgets these things, these truths, that the world is going to end. That Meaning, the little sandcastles that you're making, that you're putting all your money into and all your investments, it's going to wash away. It doesn't last forever. The things that you think are the most important thing to you, if it is not Jesus' words and promises, it all goes away and fades and rusts and rots. And you don't need to be a Christian to know this. This is empirical. Everything we make falls apart. All creation eventually dies. Everyone dies. Stay awake means don't forget that these things are temporary. It's easy to forget that, isn't it? To be so obsessed about our nest egg and our retirement, to be so obsessed about our career if we're going up, to be so obsessed about how we are doing, even in our physical health, that we'll pour all our time, all our anxiety into that when it's just going to fall away anyways. doesn't mean don't care about it, by the way. The staying awake means realizing I'm not going to make those things my God because they're not. Because there's an end to all things. That's what staying awake means. But also, you know what, I think staying awake means, I think we can fall asleep, not just by reveling in good things as if they'll never end, but I think also we can fall asleep by being so oppressed by the darkness. I've said this many times, 
In our national dialogue about all these issues, Christians should not be the ones who sound as if, as if the whole world is ending if we don't fix this. And that is their language and tone when trying to make a better world and trying to make a better country or talking about these hot topics or presidential policy, all that. We are the last ones that should be just actually acting as if it'll be the end of the world if so-and-so doesn't get voted in. It's going to be the end of the world if this doesn't happen, if that doesn't happen. It's going to be the end of the world. The world is ugly, for sure. But it's not going to last forever. So your good things are not going to last forever, but also the bad things are not going to last forever. And we don't have to so desperately fix everything as if we don't, it'll never be fixed. Because we know that no matter what, first of all, things are going to be messy until Christ comes again. But we also know when Christ comes again in glory, it will get fixed. You will get along. There will be justice. You will be healed. So we don't need to be so desperate about it right now. Do our best. Not so desperate. We fall asleep and we get lost in the bad news as much as when we get lost in the good news. You know what I'm saying? We fall asleep and we get obsessed with the darkness around us and forget that Christ is risen. Stay awake means be cognizant of the time. Jesus has come. You are forgiven. He is risen. You will rise too. Staying awake is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's why you have church. Jesus says something interesting here. He says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. This is how he keeps us awake, by speaking and preaching to us through me, Keating through you to one another, sharing Jesus' words that are reality and they'll never change, unlike everything else in your life. There's a story about this, this uh, a man who uh, went off World War II, uh, went off to war, and had uh, been writing letters to his wife, and it's all that she had to sort of keep her hopes alive is these letters. And uh, he wrote one as he knew that he was going to be part of the Norman invasion that was going to be the beginning of the end of World War II when they took back France. And he wrote this letter and he told her how much he loved her. And he recounted their moments together and the wonderful things that they had done and shared. And he, told, and he also recounted the wedding day and throughout the letter kind of talking about the things that they had done together and how much he loved her and he concludes it and says I will see you again she receives this letter and when she got it like probably many spouses and even today who worry about their loved ones she read it over and over and over not just once of course but many times and smelled it and whenever she got worried, she read it again. And whenever she forgot what he might look like, she read it again. And whenever she got down or heard the news or listened to the radio, she read the letter again and all his letters. And those letters went with her. And they were worn down by her thumbprints. And the ink was melting because of her tears as she reread it and kept those letters so precious. 
if you stopped listening to the radio and just lived by that reality that he's coming again and that he loves her. 1945 comes and the war ends and she waits looking out the window every day, hadn't heard anything with the letters in her hand. One day a car comes up and a man comes out and opens up the other side and out comes her husband. And of course they hugged and reunion, etc. And she didn't need those letters anymore. But those letters gave her life all that time. That is what God's word is to us. But we have a better spouse and a better savior, Jesus. And there's no doubt about the victory because he has died and he has risen. And we are not living waiting for the victory, but we are living in the victory. But as we wait to see him again, he's given us a letter, which is a love letter to you is what scriptures are. His words shall never pass away, and they form our reality. And when we get down and we get upset and we're scared of our sins and we have guilt and shame or we're wondering about the future, we need to read those letters to one another and remind ourselves what has happened, what is happening, and what will happen, and how God loves you, and he will see you again, and you shall see him. And we can say that.